Hot round! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Don! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. I call it the annexation of Puerto Rico. You don't think that lame-ass play where I run down the field and act like I'm lost is gonna work, do you? Booyah! That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom. Get me the ball. You need the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. That's gonna make the big difference between winning and losing! Nell. I am Nick Roush, joined today as always by Adam Luckett to talk Kentucky football in the last week of spring practice. It's hard to believe it's already here, Luckett. It's moved fast. It always does, it feels like. Well, because there's so much excitement early on, and then it kind of dwindles, and then bam, you got a spring game this year. We don't have that, unfortunately. We did have some spring scrimmages over the weekend and it's good to hear some synergy between what they were telling us early on about the offense and then hearing the offense perform well the first time they, they went out to to Kroger Field. Yeah mainly just the receivers getting involved. Today we heard Cohen say everybody caught a pass but one. Do you want to guess who the one was or who the one that didn't catch? <laughs> probably wasn't Wondell Robinson. Probably wasn't Josh Ali. Hey, and we even know it was one was Rashawn, Rashawn Lewis, who yeah. completely forgot he was on the roster, uh, one of Ray Lewis's kids. They had two on the roster last year. I don't think either played, but that was a, that was a nice surprise. I'm just like, whoa, there's a name from the past, because I think we only wrote about him whenever they, they announced they were coming to Kentucky. And Stoops drops uh, Louisville Butler's Tay-Tay Crooms name again this oh. past Saturday. His name keeps coming up. We haven't oh, seen look. it yet. But, yeah. <laughs> Go Bears. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think the receiver is definitely – that position is something they complimented a lot this spring. Uh, and we've seen a lot of transactions, a lot of players leave the program. Um, so that was definitely a position they, they needed to improve and at least – um, they're putting on a good PR face at um, bare minimum uh, with the passing game. They seem to be pretty happy with where they are, as is. Mm-hmm. Of course, we just have to trust what they're saying because it's all behind closed doors. But it's that definitely, I guess you could say, it's better than the alternative. Yeah, and the I guess the other good thing to hear, too, is from folks who attended the scrimmage, that the quarterbacks were efficient. I think the number for Gatewood was eight of nine. I think Nick Scalzo was similar around eight, of, eight nine. of eight today. I think uh, Cohen said with Scalzo. Yeah. So those are, you know, we 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 don't hear those numbers too often. Come here, up here, come on, Louie, come on. Yeah, the dog. She she's hesitant to jump up on the bed. She gets a little. <laughs> I don't know why she's weirded out, but it also doesn't have the spring sun like normal today. It's a little bit. Uh, more dreary today. We had a nice night at the ballpark last night, though, Luckett. We did. Beers were cold. The baseball was baseball. It was a good time. Yeah, yeah we saw a couple dingers, not by the good guys, of course, by the bad guys. Uh, but I I am a little disappointed in you. Why's that? Well, I took a trip to the men's room, came back, and – you said we just missed a foul ball, and it landed oh. <laughs> right near my seat, and you didn't catch it. Come on, hey. look it. You got to hey, have man. your head on a swivel. The salted pretzel had my full attention at that point. 
was also surprised you went with salted pretzel instead of a, a dog. You know, you, when I think ballparks, you think you think dog. Yeah, I just I was feeling the pretzel uh, last night. What, what can I say? Hey, the salty snacks with the the ice cold beer does, you know, go the, it goes hand in hand. It's a very right? yes, very good mixture, one two punch. I was inspired though because last week you gave us uh, so much money with Masters picks. I literally did the thing like it was time to fill up my pool. I just pulled up the podcast, the last part, and just you rattled off the names. And I think excluding like a couple, just because, you know, we were just rattling off some at the top. Right. Um, But man, between Xander, Tony Finau, uh, hanging around near the top, making, you know, I think he finished top 10. Yeah, he was top 10. That one yeah. cashed. And then uh, good old Zally, Zalatoris. Man, what a great name. Great dude. He That dude's got it all, except, you know, weight. He weighs about a buck 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, I, he could make the weight limit playing eighth grade football. Right. He's been, he's soup. He makes uh, skinny people look fat. <laughs> but yeah, he's been awesome all year. Yeah, it was a very good week for the Masters picks. Most, uh, most, Guys, I was in on had you know ended up finishing in a pretty good spot. There were some Thomas and Morikawa were guys I liked that didn't necessarily uh, cash anything, but if you had them in a daily fantasy lineup, they made the cut and got you some points, which is good. Which is what I go for. But yeah, Zalatoris cashed again in Finau top ten. Cameron Smith was up there. That was a name I threw out. So yeah, good weekend um, for that and a good Masters. I thought. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get the Sunday drama. Yeah, Uh, that was a little bit of a letdown, but I thought Saturday was really fun. And especially because there was a moment where Matsuyama messes up, Xander's Yeah, going to 16, we thought we had something, and then Xander really let us down. Immediately into the water. I mean, just like that. So, um, but all in all, it was nice. It was good to, as we said last week, it was a good come down. And even though we don't get the regular broadcasts all day, the Masters app, and all the stuff online it's pretty easy to just have it on his background and oh yeah on sunday we were lucky enough to get billy horschel uh running oh, yes. around with this uh barefoot trying to we get got, his ball out of the water we had some good rage moments too siwoo kim breaking his putter having the putt with a three wood in the last three or four holes on friday i didn't see that no you didn't see that <laughs> he that. jammed it on the green i guess it was like the 14th hole or whatever and it bent the club bent <laughs> So then he was putting with a three wood. Did he avoided a three putt? He, I think he two putted. Got up and down on every hole. Justin Thomas curses at himself. I, it's it's very relatable mm-hmm. how like you mother stupid son of a like I I, I can then, I do that quite often. You mentioned Billy Ho. He had two moments. He had the one where he was yelling "umfer" uh, on the green, and then the <laughs> the people announcing the Masters said like. They totally avoided and said he was saying something else. <laughs> and then, yeah, the, the club thing on Sunday where he was jamming the club in the bag. Well, and know, then some nice little rage moments. He busted his ass mm-hmm. going down the slope too, trying yeah. to get trying to get to right when Phil, <laughs> Phil's just watching him the whole time. And and he was trying to do the thing to play it off like nobody saw that. It's like, hey, buddy, you're you're surrounded by cameras. There, yeah. There's no there's no denying that. So, uh, but all in all, a good weekend. Uh, the didn't have the best weather, but like we said, Kentucky did get out there and scrimmage on Saturday. That press conference afterwards, too, like it, it produced some some great moments. Uh, we had 
we had a couple we had mark stoops saying we're gonna have you out for practice on tuesday and well we weren't out at practice on tuesday (laughs) i told you last night we could write an oral history about everything that happened in that press conference oh stoops was busting john long for (laughs) jogging on the sidewalk yeah Yeah. doing push-ups in in the middle of his run which that's a man i like it are you a big jogger you ever i'm i'm trying to jog right now i'm having issue finding good shoes to do it in i get calf cramps real bad but i am trying to like do that as a form of exercise well and the the problem i have with jogging is more of like you know we're bigger guys the the weight on my knees just doesn't hang well yeah. But once I get going, you know, it's it's making sure I don't stop. So if you can pass like five minutes or so, you kind of get in the zone, you really get going. Yeah, the I first five minutes are the toughest. I can't the imagine mile. getting going and then stopping to do push-ups. It just, whew. Different level of athlete there, Mr. Wong. Props to him. Yeah, yeah. Props to John Wong. And then props to Josh Moore for asking Carrington Valentine. He's from Cincinnati if he feels like a Kentucky kid because it's close, which – I just uh, that just question is one of my favorite questions ever. Absolutely yeah, was, love it. We could definitely go back and there's a lot. There was a lot there from that press conference. I think and, you even texted me and it's like there's there is quite a lot going on in this. It, we didn't get a lot of praise for the offense though, which means that it was a good practice because Mark Stoops, he's a defensive guy at heart, and when the defense isn't playing up to tip top shape, he gets a little ticked off. We did see Jordan Wright get an interception. That dude, I don't know what it is about him, but I think the only thing you can say is he's got a nose for the football. I mean, between the yeah. Belk Bowl scoop and score, mm-hmm. he had the pick six last year. Uh, I know they need his twitchiness on the edge, but he might be best served in pass coverage. He's got some playmaking traits that really jump off the page when you kind of dig into him a little bit. Um, he's got sat, He's got six and a half sacks. He's got – a handful of non-sack tackles for loss. He's got an interception. He's forced three fumbles in the last two seasons. He's re- or he's forced four fumbles, excuse me, in the last two seasons. He's recovered three fumbles. He's got a couple of defensive touchdowns. So, like, for him, I think he is the most important piece, I think, of the defense this year. Ooh, ooh okay. Because if he hits – You've got a you've got another draft pick, a high draft pick, because he's got all everything else. He's got the tools. Too. If he can just yeah, right. He if he can just put it together, he can become a legit, I think, first team all SEC guys in a, a total game changer there as a pass rusher. Because it's not just pass rushing, it's not just screaming off the edge. Like he does some stuff in the run game. Um, he can cut make plays in coverage. Like he's got um he's got a, like this jack of all trades things. Like I go through, he's got six PBUs in his career. He's got an interception. He's got a handful of fumble recoveries, a handful of forced fumbles. Mm-hmm. Like he's all over the place. Um, you know, he says, you know, he stuffs the stat sheet. Like he'd be a guy in basketball that gets steals, rebounds, right? Assists, right, right. just does a bunch of different Spray, things. Sprays across the box score, right? But, but the key has always been for him consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was the last summer or the summer before where Brad White really challenged him uh, publicly to become more consistent, particularly in practice. And I go back to that play in the Belk Bowl, or excuse me, in the Gator Bowl, where mm-hmm. he, if he doesn't get greedy on that twist, if he just keeps his outside shoulder free, he's got a sack, and that's probably the dagger. They might be pitching yeah, the shutout. Yeah, right. 
So instead they get a touchdown and, and so that's where there is a little bit of variability in what kind of output kind of production you can get from right. But there, there is no deny, particularly when the sack numbers were down as a whole uh, last year that he's going to play a significant role and his upside can, the better he plays, the better the defense can be uh, this fall. Yeah, no doubt. I, and especially with the Weaver coming back from the ACL, how thin they are at outside linebacker. I, I just think he's a real important piece for the defense this year. And if he can hit that ceiling, I think it raises the team ceiling by a good amount. If they can get him to just, like we said, just put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we said, that offense was, they were the, the, they stole the show a little bit in that spring scrimmage. Uh, and I think even though they kept it pretty vanilla to an extent, it was good to hear that really the only problems were, snap related stuff i'm sure that there's going to be some of that but you want to get it all out of the way now like it that's yeah, that's well, a total practice all right it's fine a little bit early on because we aren't usually going live like this but that stuff's got to get the hell out of here bunchy bunchy stallings flashbacks and also long snapper flashbacks from last year he had the mississippi yeah. state punt punt it over his head cost them a shutout mm-hmm. the alabama Matt Ruffalo outrunning a bunch of five-star cornerbacks to get the football. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, let's not – let's get that fixed. And, like, Bunchy had a great career at Kentucky, but this, they were – that in 2017, those snap issues really costed them. And even in the Florida game, it costed them a red zone possession mm-hmm. um, where they could have had a touchdown, turns into three, and they end up losing by one point. You know, they left four points on the field due to bad snaps. So – that's something they definitely – you don't want to hear. That's something that needs to get fixed. Yeah, and one thing that really doesn't uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? One thing that doesn't – actually, it does bother me. It's like it a is, kicker. Like, you don't think about it. Like, oh, guy just banged in a 35-yard field goal. Mm-hmm. A good snap. Like, you just – you don't – you just expect that. But then it really irks you when – you make that mistake and you don't have that anymore. Like you never credit the guy for doing that right. when he's doing it, but then the next guy comes and can't do it. You, you get real upset about it. It's just, it's a, it's a, um, an unappreciated, I think. I thing mean, in, in football. It's life as a specialist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it giveth and it taketh away, uh, at the, at the best and worst moments. Yeah. We've seen how valuable it is. The Stoops era is really shining a spotlight on it. I know Lona Sieber took a lot of crap, uh, back in the day, but man, the Stoops era, there's been some games just made or broken on special teams, whether it's for the bad against Ole Miss, for the good Mississippi State with McGinnis, uh, and heck, avoiding a shutout with the Joe Mansour uh, fake field goal that people forget about. Um, I mean, there's a ton of crazy special teams plays that have really changed games for better and for worse. Absolutely. But I need to get into another form of specialist. We we talked about the Stoops presser. It was pretty eventful, but we need to talk about the real star of these press conferences, and that's Adam Luckett. <laughs> You're stealing the show, dude. What the hell? <laughs> I'm just trying to raise the bar, Mr. Roush. <laughs> trying to help the KSR brand. Well, not only are we getting the 
especially early on, I liked what you were doing the professional. I didn't like KSR. Well, they don't know who I am, so I have to get my like. You got to introduce out there. yourself, yeah. right? And now every time we have a press conference, I don't care who it is. There's oh, good question. That's a good question. It's like what the <laughs> hell? Where lucky? Where the hell is this coming from? And today, you asked Liam Cohen about the hash marks, and he about cut you off right there. Just like. You're telling me, man, these stupid hashes, like it's making my life hell. Yeah. I'm just trying to, trying to bring some, I don't know if this is the right word, but I like gravitas to, to the, I like that word. I don't know what it means, but I'm going to say that, that that's what I'm trying to bring to our, to our zoom press conferences. Oh man. Listen, man, I just like, I obviously I nerd out in this stuff and some of the scheme stuff. So I think like, you know, they get the, they get the, the traditional questions and I do ask them some traditional questions, but I try to get a little more deeper in the weeds. And I think they appreciate that. Well, I haven't got, I haven't gotten Mark yet. I'm still trying to get him. I'm still working on him, leaning on him a little bit. He can be hot. He can be a tough little cookie to uh, crack. He's also one of those two that he has to kind of get to know you a little bit first too. You know, right. he's still warming up to you, but once you, right. you know, you, you're, you're getting there. Look you're well on yeah. your way. Yeah, it's just like the pickle jar. Like, you know how it's a little tough to open. Just Maybe you have to get a little, you know, a little assistance <laughs> to get it open. It's you got to wiggle and free something first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the it wasn't the most recent one, but in the John Summerall press conference, I don't think it was your question that elicited this response. But when he got to talking about the incoming freshman, mm-hmm. Trevin Wallace and Martez Thrower, talking about Thrower – Got me is, I, I mean, the thing is, I knew some of Wallace's accomplishments, you know, from his last game, he had, you know, 300 yards rushing, a bunch of tackles. Now he's winning state championship and powerlifting. And then he broke uh, Lindsey Scott's high school long jump record. And I was like, Lindsey Scott, Lindsey Scott, that name's familiar. And then somebody pulled up the old, uh, old Munson call <laughs> of Lindsey Scott. You know, Larry. The, uh, Back in the 1980 cocktail bowl, which or cocktail party, excuse me, which is if you haven't, you, you've seen the play at some point, and mm-hmm. as soon as it starts, you're like, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But oh, they show it every year during that game. Oh, where he lost his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was Georgia's last national championship, was that season? Herschel Walker's freshman year. Oh, I saw a very timely thing last week. It was, um, it was the meme of the guys gripping arms. And on one hand, it was Gonzaga. And on the other, it was Georgia. And then at the middle, where the handshake is, it's Bulldogs who can't win national titles. That, that was that was pretty good. People love that Georgia joke. They love to give that to them. Yeah. yeah. But there's going to be some property destroyed tonight. <laughs> <laughs> all-time, all-time. All-time call for a, a game that's named after – people drinking in the parking lot <laughs> just just classic and he, but, he he says it after he breaks a chair and he's saying that his yeah. property is destroyed <laughs> yeah. and i just i just love the personalities of some of these commentators now they'll drive you nuts whenever you're on the other side and you got to listen to these homework calls like the tennessee guys just ugh, they'll make you just puke the georgia uh, when we were in the georgia game the georgia guy because they have the radio plan in mm-hmm. the press area and it's <laughs> it's big homer man it's some big homer radio uh, props to him but uh munson also had that call when they beat tennessee late i think it was like david green when they had mark ricks maybe his first or second year 
And he said, we, we, uh, we stabbed him in the face with a hobnail boot or something like that. <laughs> and so he's got some, he's got some great ones. Yeah, he's got some great ones, but back to the Georgia. Thrower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The South Georgia guys throw. Let's we'll start on thrower. Then we can move to Wallace, but thrower. I think I texted you after he committed and I watched his tape. I was like, I love this kid. This kid is awesome. He's going to be maybe my favorite player in the class. Now that kind of went away. Um, the senior tape wasn't – I didn't think it was as good, but, but the junior tape was awesome. And I, I just love the quote we got from Summerall on that. Oh. He, he – you know, what was it? Like he bends he, face bad. He shows up with bad intentions. Yeah, he hits people with bad intentions. Yeah, and, which is and, just a perfect linebacker quote. Oh, it really is. And he talked about how uh, the high school coach was saying, yeah, he, he broke another helmet this week. And then I got a picture of one of the face masks he bent. And – it's not mangled to a dramatic degree, but to bend the top bar, not even like a bottom, but the top part that's attached to the helmet, like he's throwing his weight body around the football field, hitting guys. And that's what you want to see from a nasty dude from South Georgia. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he can play. I think he's a guy who could play either spot and you know, it's they're thin there. So if he comes in and performs right away, he might have a chance for some playing time. Now, um, over to Wallace, it's just uh, the accolades and the praise just keep coming on that kid. Yeah. Like, they cannot wait. The coaching staff cannot wait, it seems like, to just get their hands on him. So, work with them. if you had to pick today, what position do you think Trevin Wallace will be playing at Kentucky this fall? This fall. I'm glad you asked that because a thing I'm seeing, I guess, around college football is – like this Sam linebacker position is a position that uh, people are looking for, like to find like these unicorns, these 6'2", 230 pounds, maybe like these oversized safeties that could play linebacker that can do a lot of things that can blitz, that can cover, that can run, you know, can do everything. And I think Wallace might, might be that guy that, that can do that. Um, So I think they could like that medium position, I think they could have created that for him to maybe come in there and be get um, some a lot of playing time. But now, with all that said, we'll see how they um, how how everything goes at Mike. Um, because if they get in a situation where they don't maybe like what 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 it's looking like, they could just try to throw him in there and get him up to speed as fast as possible. But as of right now, I think he's that Sam position. I think it's a spot for him to get on the field. I think his skill set could translate well to that. I mean, they could just be like, hey, man, go see ball, hit ball kind of thing, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because that's the hardest part about Mike is you're not just learning your position. You have to learn every position on the defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to get him on the field, it's probably the, the fastest way to do so would be to put him at Sam and specialize him a little bit more. But from a body standpoint, you just don't know. You just don't know what it's going to look like at Mike because, I mean – Play a middle linebacker takes a toll. I mean, we, we've kind of seen it with DeAndre Square where he's been limited at times. But Kentucky's had the fortune of, I mean, excluding Chris Oates, where you've had these guys who are able to stay healthy and, and play relatively full seasons at Mike. Yeah, one of my big concerns just of the defense is the turnover at Mike. It's just been a lot here recently. You know, they they had a solid situation there with Cash, and then they had Oates backing him up, and then we thought Oates was going to step right in. 
they lose him, unfortunately. And then you you slide Davis over. He kind of fills seamlessly, but now he's gone unexpectedly. So this is back-to-back years where they've lost their starting middle linebacker kind of unexpectedly. And that's just that's just you know that's a position where you want experience and all that. It's just it's you know, kind of like got, losing a quarterback. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, when, right. When you when you when you're expecting a guy back, I mean, and they've gotten quality play out of that spot for the last couple of years, and now it's now it's a huge question mark. So how do they kind of rebuild that and replace? And how many holes did Jamin Davis cover last year for the defense? That's a good point, especially up the middle with him and Bohanna. Like how many? How that? Like how big of an impact were those guys? How much stuff did they eliminate? Which is going to be, you know, what we're going to find out. Yeah, and the way that some of the draft guys talk about Jamin Davis too, his ability to to cover guys and yeah, in open space. Like it's they, just, it, I think yeah. they were able to to do more because of his ability last year. Yeah, I mean, just his sudden burst and his ability to tackle. In, in space and cover people. He's just a modern day linebacker. You know, you don't want him going up and defending power. Oh, but that's not really what the NFL is anymore. It's a lot of, you know, outside zone and then play action going the other way and being able as a linebacker to be able to drop and cover. Um, in Davis did schemes. get the, uh, he got the Bruce Feldman bump last week, which if y'all aren't subscribed to the athletic, uh, it, it was a, it was what I expect from Bruce Feldman, where you've got all of these articles uh, about Davis and his rise and all this. But you, when you get a guy like Feldman, you get some stories that you hadn't quite heard. And Summerall was sharing just some plays that really popped off the page for him. And one of them I've just don't, I'd never even seen before because it was a play that didn't happen because he played so well. And that was covering Kyle Pitts in the open field where he just turned his hips and ran with him and kept up with him. They didn't throw the ball to Pitts because he was covered up and any other normal you know, linebacker. I mean, no offense to cash, but I'm pretty sure we saw a similar situation. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, was that, was that, was that in that Florida game when cash was just running down the field trying to catch up? Yeah. I think it was, so. Yeah. It was, it was a bad, bad look and, and Davis made it look easy. So, uh, if you haven't checked that one out yet, that's a that's a good article. We, I have you. I know Dame Brugler had his draft guide come out. I have yet to comb through it. Or was there anything that popped with the UK guys that stood out to you? Just a lot of sixth and seventh round mm-hmm. draft oh, grades. A lot of you don't know what's going to happen on that Saturday on Derby mm-hmm. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it's if you go by his draft grades, it's Davis first round. Kelvin Joseph second round, and then I think Drake was like fifth round grade, mm-hmm. or somewhere around there, fourth or fourth or fifth or fifth or sixth, and then everyone else is right there, sixth or seventh. Kind of a toss up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, uh, the the thing is too is even though we're going to get more and more so and so going to this and this mock draft, we're really not going to know or learn too much more until the draft gets here, which is two weeks away. It'll be here before you know it. Yeah, it's crazy. You're right. Two weeks from Thursday. That's when well, we kick things off. And it's it's a wonderful time of the year. Springtime in the bluegrass. Flowers are blooming. The grass is growing. It's time to chop those weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped. You can trim your weeds safely and efficiently. 
Talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's blow-the-way screaming, have an exclusive offer for our audience. Use the promo code Roush to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the other 2 million who trusted Manscaped. They're here to make sure you're trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it is time for some spring cleaning. They're the global leaders in men's grooming, whether it's below the waist, you trim up that back. Uh, you ever heard of their weed whacker? Their nose and ear hair trimmers provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs on all those areas so no more pulling boogers out when, you, <laughs> when you're trying to get those hairs out look at we're getting older i'm creeping up on 30 i notice i have a lot of ear hair now i just i don't know where all this stuff's coming from but manscaped <laughs> they will take you care of that weed whacker's got 9,000 rpm motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system Manscaped is whacking your weeds at a time to look forward to maximum confidence while providing some hygiene. You got to look good for Derby Week. Bring out your best. Do it by checking out Manscaped. Get 20% off in free shipping by using the code Roush at manscaped.com. That's 20% off in free shipping with the code Roush at manscaped.com. Spring cleaning. Get it done today with Manscaped. Uh, like it, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about recruiting. Actually, probably a lot of it because that's really taken up a lot of the oxygen here lately. Kentucky's gotten commitments in three consecutive weeks from in-state targets. Most recently, the place kicker Jackson Smith, who uh, I, I forget is it pro kicker who whatever that ranking yeah, side. Yeah, they've got him so. as the number one kicker in the country. He he banged a fifty-one yarder as an eighth grader. Uh, his dad was an all SEC punter. He had the school record for a little while back in the late 90s. Uh, and he's also a world class fisherman. We had him on uh, the Depth Charts it's podcast four. and he was fishing for grouper. I mean, oh, wow. Yeah. Like the dude does not mess around. He goes duck hunting. He's a good Kentucky kid who's got a big leg. And I liked like it that when talking about why kentucky when he committed on ksr there was a little bit of hey uh well you know it's just going to time out right uh ruffalo's gonna kick this year and then it kind of opens the door for me and he, he was basically saying what we all say when we do this but he was doing it on a personal level because that's kind of how kicking works this kid could have been the best kicker in america and it just wouldn't have worked out because uk could have already had a kicker on its roster well yeah it's funny how kicker works like that but quarterback doesn't no, which is kind of going to get us into our next point, mm-hmm. which it, it probably should, but because it, it's the same thing, really, but it doesn't. Right, because if there was just a void of quarterbacks that were ready to take over, Gavin Wimsett might be at Kentucky, but instead he committed to Rutgers, around uh, a big recruiting wave of momentum in Piscataway. I think they're up to the fourth or fifth yeah, recruiting class there. in the Doing country. Yeah, they're a job. And uh, – I still can't explain it, but early playing time certainly would to an extent. Yeah, I, I mean, it is what it is. I think at the end of the day, um, Rutgers just just won. They just beat them out for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, it just fit more there. Uh, early playing time was probably a huge sell. You're right. He could probably come in and start right away in Rutgers. Um, it's like that second-year bump we see sometimes where a coach get in there. 
Um, it's got a lot of momentum. And so Trips do the same thing. That you're you're seeing, yeah, that's why you're saying when you just with their recruiting class are up to whatever number, like Kentucky in 2014 got up to number, number one, one for a little while. Yeah. And so you're seeing that 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 wave come. Um, but to me, it's just another, it's really just another blip on the on the quarterback recruiting screen for Kentucky. It's and I wrote about this on Saturday morning. Um if you haven't read it, go read it. You can get into more detail on it. Um, but it's basically just, you know, Kentucky's got a QB issue in the program. They've had a, a tremendously difficult time recruiting high school quarterbacks. Um, the guys they target, they usually have not been able to get. Now, with the portal in today's world, it's changed things. It's a, And that, that's a new weapon for them to use where, and so they can avoid a situation like 2019. I um, mean, I think you're seeing them utilize that, and they're even valuing the portal even more this year, I think you saw, with all these Big Ten transfers they landed. Um, but really, the main reason Cohen – not that one of the main reasons he was brought in, yes, it's to score touchdowns on Saturdays, but it's also to fix his quarterback position. Right. And so they missed out on this guy. Now, now we're going to see what how he does in this next class, 2023. Um, if Kentucky doesn't have success with that, maybe it's just a thing where, hey, let, let's just do the portal from now on. Um, and then for the program, like they're in a good spot. They've got the seventh best record in the SEC over the last five years. Um, so basically they're the best program right now that doesn't recruit at a consistent like top 10 to top 15 level in the conference. Yeah, and I think if you just shrink that down to 2018, it's probably fourth or fifth, right. I want to say. Yeah. But they've done it all without a quarterback. Um, and then one I, one I try to – I kind of compare Kentucky to was Michigan State with D'Antonio. Um, D'Antonio had Michigan State built up, but when they really made their run is when they had a guy who was drafted in the NFL behind center. When they had Kirk Cousins and Connor Cook, who's out of the NFL now, but was like a third or fourth round draft pick. Yeah, he hung around for a little bit as backup. Yeah. I think he's. He, I think he was yeah. on. The, I think he's on the quarterback jersey for the Browns before uh, they finally. <laughs> yeah, he's, got yeah, that sounds about stick. right. Yeah. So for six years they had those two guys and they went sixty-five and sixteen with five top fifteen finishes, like. I think Kentucky's in that area if they can just find the quarterback. I think that's what it really is all about for the program moving forward. We talk about the goals. Merrill talked about, you know, the goal is to beat Georgia, go to the SEC East. He said on pro day or win the SEC East, go to the SEC championship. To do that, you got to fix the quarterback position. And I think yep. that's Plain that's what they're all about. And um, that's why they that's why you make a change at offensive coordinator when Kentucky was what they were. It's because you you feel like you're hitting a you're hitting the ceiling, but you think it's a glass ceiling and you can break through, and that's that, that that's what they're trying to do here um, with Cohen and this new offense, and so that that's that's where they are. But they're trying to change that, and we'll see um, see how it goes. Wimsett's obviously a big miss because that type of caliber of player through in being in state doesn't happen very often. Nope. Wimsett's not uh he's not a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he might be like a three-point shot where Kentucky in the past has been taking half-court heaves, three-quarter-court right, right. heaves. Um, he gets you a little closer to the rim. Now, let's see what they can do, um, if they can have some more success in the portal or maybe get a high-caliber kid out of high school. But it, it, it's just hard. I think you can be more selective in your high school recruiting now because of the portal. But, yeah, they just got to figure out that position because it's just been a huge bugaboo. And I think it's important to remember this is why – the changes went on this offseason. Um, yes, they need to score more. Yes, the passing numbers are ugly, yada, yada, yada. But you've got to fix – it's all it's all the quarterback. If they get 
a quarterback, um, somebody they can build around, then I think you could really potentially see them kind of take off as a program. And we've seen it close to home. Louisville, they were able to go win a Sugar Bowl because they had a guy in Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Lamar Jackson is, of course, an extraordinary circumstance because he is just a freak, an NFL MVP. But Bobby Petrino 2.0 was fifth, I think, in the playoff rankings for weeks at a time, just knocking on that door because they had a difference maker at quarterback without much else. Uh, At least in Strong's case, he had a really good defense around him as well. But that quarterback, hitting on a quarterback – that's, that's what we thought Drew Barker was going to be. Yeah, injuries kind of derailed his career, but having – it really sets the haves apart from the have-nots. Uh, and right now it's good to hear that there has been improved quarterback play. I think just getting a good quarterback coach in place can heal a lot of those wounds uh, in the short term, but in the long term you still need that guy. I don't know if they have one of those guys – on the roster. We talked about it going into last year, how Terry Wilson was in that kind of middle of the pack. Can he become a guy who makes plays? And he, he, he was not that guy, whether it's his fault or not. He, he did not become that, that game changer that Kentucky needed. That's good for a couple more scores a game, which is good enough for a couple more wins a game. So I don't know if that guy's on the roster. If you were just picking from right now, I think Joey Gatewood would be your starter. Uh, but once Will Levis gets on campus, how much, how how quickly can he catch up? Because there's a difference between watching film and then going out on the practice field and doing it. So, right, uh, th- th- I, I, hearing Gatewood's success in the most recent scrimmage does make me much more anxious and eager. I. I it got, there was a there was a time market where I didn't think we were even going to have a quarterback competition. I thought it was just Will Levis is for the taking. Just show up, do what you need to do, and you got it. I think we're going to have a legit battle whenever he gets to campus this summer. I think it's still a very we'll see approach because we we don't really know we don't we haven't really even seen the new offense at all. What it's going to look like? Um, it's a very we'll see approach. But I think the importance for the offense this year is just being competent in the pass game. Just getting something going in the pass game. Don't so, be the worst power five right. <laughs> passing offense. Because yeah, there's yeah, I mean, there's very little doubt that that they're having to hear that and they're getting negatively recruited against with mm-hmm. that stuff. I mean, there's zero doubt. Um that like the bowling ball was fun, but there's like you know that that they're having to defend that on the recruiting trail mm-hmm. a lot. No, no doubt. So I mean it's just for now, this past this next year is all about winning some games and just proving that you can be competent on offense and then building from there and then maybe um, becoming a sexier choice for some of these quarterback prospects that, that you, you're not being able to get because a lot of, a lot of it is, you know, you're just, you just like, to, they're to the point now where there's so much like evidence there that teams can use against them, that they, they just need a fresh start and mm-hmm. some proof of concept is really what they need right now. I think and once they get that proof of concept, then you could see their luck, maybe start to turn. Um, in recruiting, but that's really what it's all about. They, they are what they are, what they've done so far without quarterback is really great. That's why I think, you know, if you find the quarterback, then like, what's the, then, then let's find out what the ceiling is. And that's again, why the change happened. And 
and we'll see where they go from here. But I think Wimsett losing him was just another, just another effect of their inability to recruit quarterback and develop quarterbacks and get good quarterback play at Kentucky. And that's why they made the offensive change again to, to fix that. The good news though, is that Kentucky's not completely. I, I, I feel that there are times when if you lose that quarterback commit, it can really take your with the wind out of your sails on the recruiting front because mm-hmm. So much of getting that quarterback is about building a class around that quarterback. And that that's not the case with this class. Kentucky's still rolling. You've got the Wade twins announcing on Friday. And it's really unusual too, like it where we have a split. We 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 it's split between the recruiting services where yeah, it's the wild. 24-7 guys are all in on Tennessee and the Rivals guys are all in on Kentucky. Now, Kentucky did get the last visit. They, they couldn't take unofficial or official visits, but they did do self-guided tours on each campus, and they most recently were in Lexington. So you would think that that's got to be a pretty good sign. Uh, I, I think – I know I know some of this was the uh, – Tennessee told Destin Wade, who – Destin is the guy who's tagged with the athlete because mm-hmm. – He's a DB and a quarterback. Many people think he's a DB at the next level. But Tennessee, I think, initially said, hey, come play quarterback for us, which might have given Tennessee an upper hand. But now without Wimsett in the picture, Kentucky can say, hey, come play quarterback for us, who we're not a disaster of a program like Tennessee's in right now. Uh, so I, I, I do think that whatever Tennessee tried to counter with, or Kentucky's had a good – counter in return if that makes sense when you look at the state of tennessee this is an all-time or one of the better groups of talent they've had here in this class of 2022 in tennessee with the coaching change and all that they're really behind um, in all of this and there's a chance for kentucky as well as these some other schools to really take advantage of that walter nolan's a number Two overall player defensive tackle out of Memphis. Tennessee didn't make the top eight. Ty Simpson was a quarterback they recruited for a very long time. He ended up going to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Keaton Wade's there at number four. It's down in Kentucky and Tennessee. So, like, for Tennessee, this is a huge deal uh, well, for and them. Keaton also cut them initially and then let him back in right. for his final four or whatever. So, like, they're behind in a lot of recruitments here. And so, like, it's like, going to be a bad look for – Josh Heupel, if he didn't get some of these guys. I mean, Kentucky's got a chance here with the Way Twins and Miles Pollard to really make some hay there in the state of Tennessee, as well as some other schools that are recruiting this area. Um, so for that, it's we've kind of seen these Kentucky and Tennessee go at it on the recruiting trail here in the last couple classes. They have some um, pretty intense battles. And, yeah, this is another one. It could be a huge, huge win to go out – Spring Hill's right outside of Nashville, um, mm-hmm. where, where these guys are from, to go in there and, and get a big recruiting run. And for Clink Scale, he's kind of built some emeralds there in the state of Tennessee. Trayvon Ripka, and then last year, Adrian Huey. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it would be a very big win. And for Kentucky to be able to get in the state, specifically in the Nashville area, and, um, and be a consistent player would be a big deal. Yeah, and – Beating your rivals too. Not only beating your rivals, but beating them for twins. I mean, come on. That that's 
just everything's better than twos and getting that would be enormous particularly because the following day Keontae Goodwin is going to announce his college decision uh, a top 50 player in the class he's got offers from everybody has been getting offers since he was an eighth grader now down to Alabama Ohio State Clemson and the Cats and a lot of people think it's going to be Kentucky this is one of those recruitments where even if you do get a commitment, it's still a long road to go, but would be enormous just both figuratively and literally to get good win on back-to-back days uh, alongside the, the Wade twins. Yeah. This is like, what, what do you call it? Like Vince Merrill's white Buffalo or white elephant. It's still white it's whale. There you go. White whale. Okay. Moby Dick. Yeah. There you go. It's the one like he's, <laughs> They've been recruiting this kid. Might as well be since kindergarten, it feels like. <laughs> like they've been recruiting this kid since he was, you know, a seventh or eighth grader. He's he blew up. Um, they just slowly and methodically just kept at it and kept building the relationship, building the relationship, and just stayed the course. And now it's they're they're looking like the favorites in this. And this is just for Merrill, it's gonna be a huge recruiting win, I think. In state to land a kid that highly sought after who seems like a guy who's got potential to be an absolute three and done in college. It, it, it's, it's a very big deal. And to get a guy like that on the recruiting uh, front, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand. Like if Goodwin did not play offensive tackle, if he played cornerback, mm-hmm. he played receiver, they wouldn't get him. I think a lot of getting him was this offensive line success they're having. Yeah. And so the success on the field, um, is helping them land a higher profile player. Well, and, and I think it also helps too that uh, he, he's at Aspirations Gym, which is almost it's almost like an AAU program. I don't. That's the only comp I can think of because a lot of the really talented guys from the area worked out there. Rondell Moore was one of the OGs, um, but Wondell Robinson, who's now at Kentucky, Carrington Valentine, two guys who have had some success. Uh, Carrington is very well on his way to becoming a starter in his second season mm-hmm. in Lexington. I think that certainly helps as well. And it's kind of, it's almost like Frederick Douglass. You want to get your foot in the door to keep these guys coming in. And, uh, Valentine actually was probably the first one, um, because you missed out on Wandale the first time around. So Kentucky got their foot in the door, keeping their foot in that door and getting more people to come from, uh, aspirations would be huge. Yeah. Just they plugged away at that relationship. Mm-hmm. Like they really had to get in there and earn it um, to, to start recruiting their or at least recruiting their well. And I think that's just a long, this is this, but they have to get it first, but this recruiting win is just like Merrill deserves a ton of props on that for getting in there and building that um, and giving Kentucky a chance. And then I think it worked out that he was an elite player at this position that the program has kind of um, been the, than the, one of the best in college football I produced in here lately. Right, I think right. kind of all that kind of goes hand in hand, and it's going to be a very, very big get. And it kind of long term, it solves maybe your left tackle problems where you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. yeah. Moving and forward. That, for it's a, a little, good little problem bit. to not have. To Absolutely. Use. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. No doubt about that. But what get? I don't have much more else. Do you got much more else? Did we check yeah. all the boxes yeah. off of your notepad? Yep, that was about it. That's all that happened in the world of Kentucky football. Spring, spring it's coming to wraps a close. up. Yeah, yeah the in- invisible spring game I think takes place next Saturday. 
Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's about that's about all we all, all I got. I think, man. Yeah. So next next week should be exciting. Then we got uh, lead into the NFL draft and Derby Week, and it's only two weeks away. Five yeah, like ten. yeah, you think spring ball's over and it's you know a little break, but no, we got draft coming up, Derby. I know you're you'll be locked in. I'm sure, you're wow. already locked in. Can't wait. Can't wait. Mark Scott. <laughs> But we appreciate y'all listening. We appreciate Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. Use the promo code Roush, R-O-U-S-H, at manscaped.com. Get 20% off your order and free shipping. Uh, Until next time, for Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. This has been 11 Personnel. Go Cats. Go Kroger.